0: hey everybody welcome to the five for five podcast we are ready for the fifth episode in a series that we are doing from 1945 to 1950 and as always for this special conclusion i am joined by mike how are you doing today mike
1: i'm good man happy to close out that five year span
0: it's been a good one right yeah uh we get to declare
1: a winner this time excited about that
0: And of course we do that by tallying points and prize values and all that great stuff that we exchange. Pointless points. Yes, pointless points, pointless prizes, but they do get tallied for the sake of this vote. They
1: got some value. Right. It's a bit of a friendly competition, but it makes things just all the more fun.
0: Because the journey through history? It's priceless. Well, I'm proud to say that I won this round. Nice. Yeah. So that means that I get to share the story for the first half. All right, man. I'm excited. All right. Well, do you want to get into it right after this? Let's do it. Okie dokie. All right, Mike, it's time to get into the story, my winning story for this time period. You ready for it? Absolutely. This one is from 1946. All right. So this story takes place in New York City. And the title of the story is X-ray Camera is Gun. Okay, I'm super intrigued. Uh, I'm going to read some of it and then we will finish up because it's really long. I'll give you like a little wrap up of what happens in the rest of the story, right? Great. 19-year-old Pearl Lusk thought she had been employed to do some detective work by Alan LaRue, whom she had met on the subway. He told her that he was an insurance investigator. Her mission was to track a suspected jewel thief, Olga Trapani, and collect evidence to build a case against her. Lusk trailed Trapani for a few days and then LaRue added a new twist to the assignment. He gave her what he described as an X-ray camera, camouflaged as a gift wrap package, and instructed her to take a picture of Trapani with it. The resulting photo, he said, would reveal the jewels that Trapani. Kept pinned inside her dress around her waist. Lusk dutifully followed Trapani into the Times Square subway station, pointed the camera at her, and pulled the trigger wire. A shot rang out, and Trapani collapsed to the ground. Bam. Bam. Okay, now this is where we're going to start the synopsis because things get really hairy. Oh, man. Turns out that Alan LaRue is Trapani's ex-husband.
1: Oh, man, this is getting heavy.
0: Right. He wasn't actually a uh, detective or anything like that. He was just trying to pretty much get revenge on her for leaving him and making him sad.
1: That's crazy, man. I I can't. (laughs) Honestly, this is a like this guy's going to great lengths to make to like get at his ex-wife.
0: Right. So he tricks this woman, Pearl, uh, into thinking that she's now working with him. To, you know, find out about this jewel heist that's going on with Tripani. And what he does is he gives her this supposedly x-ray camera. And she's supposed to follow her and get this x-ray photo. And and she ends up capping her. Right. The x-ray gift wrap box camera isn't actually a camera. It's a device that he made that when she pulls the trigger, the trigger cable, it actually fires a gun that's hidden inside the box. That's insane. So, Trapani, who's a woman who got shot, she does survive, but she ends up losing a leg. Uh, I don't know, probably amputated from the bullet wound or something, right? That's terrible. The detective, LaRue, was actually a guy named Alphonse Rocco. Nice. Yeah, so he wasn't, you know, even trying to use his real name or anything like that. He, like, made up this character and everything to get a bullet in his ex-wife. Fonzie was on a mission. Yes, definitely. And Pearl... Uh, she ends up pretty much not knowing what's happening. So, you know, the lady didn't die or anything. So she kind of just keeps on living. But they did interview her, asking her if she would realized what had happened. And she said, I actually don't know what happened. Uh, I took a picture of this lady and somebody shot her. That's what she thinks. Wow. Mm hmm. Nice. Now, there's a few interesting people in this article, isn't there? Yes. I don't know so much if Trapani is unusual. Uh, she hooked up with Alphonse. Right. In the first place. So she's got
1: some dodgy taste in men.
0: At the very least. Yeah, definitely. The next two people involved were Pearl and Alphonse. Do you feel bad for Pearl? I do a little bit, but I mean, she got pretty snowed, right? She yeah, she did. She got duped
1: hard. <laughs> definitely.
0: I mean, do you feel bad for her? I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to feel, to be honest. I wonder if she got paid. Oh, no. She probably felt like she was, you know, helping the government
1: or something like that. Yeah, I guess that's true, huh? Maybe felt like she was... uh, She felt accomplished, maybe? Yeah, like she was being a good citizen or something. Yeah, I guess you can feel a little bad for that, yeah.
0: The thing is, the article says she dutifully pulled the the trigger, right? Yeah, you can feel
1: a little bad for that. She got duped.
0: Yeah, she did. You know, I think, she got duped. I think. Uh, Gullible is a good word for her.
1: Yeah. You know, you're um a useful idiot. There
0: were you know onion layers to the thing because first off it's a man playing a detective right and he construed this plot where a woman is hiding jewels under a coat it's an elaborate plot and he's gonna capture the whole thing on a camera in a gift wrap box but the camera itself this is another onion layer it's x-ray
1: that's so sweet like that guy was he must have been laying it on super thick I feel like you could only have pulled this off in this time period, right? Do you think he had one of those, like, detective voices, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like... It's possible. We got a jewel tape, see? Or he put it on
0: if he didn't have it
1: normally, right? Right, like, he he was definitely selling it.
0: I don't know if Alphonse Rocco speaks like the old-timey cop or more like the old-timey gangster. I'm not sure.
1: That's true. Fonzie is a lot of trouble, though.
0: To me, in my head, I hear, like, some Stallone, you know, the mumble. (laughs) Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> that's what i that's what i think of with alphonse yeah, yeah. i like that name alphonse
1: alphonse rocco alphonse rocco suit so, yes oh it like it kind of sounds like a designer but it also sounds shady and i'm waiting for the album to drop yeah uh featuring of course caliber versace
0: caliber versace
1: right of and cool. alphonse. it's a collab yeah. yeah
0: yeah i can't wait for that one dude so alphonse himself though what a guy
1: that guy is a real piece of work Hmm. i mean that guy's murderous
0: Plottingly murderous. He's a premeditative kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And he's willing to go to lengths.
1: Yeah, he's willing to catfish people into, into doing his dirty work. And he gift wrapped it
0: and invented a trigger system. Wow. Knew where she was going to be. So he had
1: to have tailed her for a while. Someone needs to make like an A&E special on this. like.
0: Well, I mean, obviously he got popped, right? So there's going to be a resolution to the thing because they have the story,
1: right? Absolutely. But, you know... Tripani lost the lake. Got hit by the Alphonse Rocco.
0: That's what it was. You got the old Alphonse Rocco.
1: That's a rough treatment. It is. Yeah.
0: So we're coming to the end of the first half. But before we do finish up, before we wrap up, modern context, does this happen now?
1: Absolutely, it does. You think so? Still? Well, yes and no. Okay. Uh, there are parts of it that for sure happen. You know, the catfishing aspect. People are getting duped all the time on the internet um but like not i don't think people are getting blasted by x-ray or being
0: tricked into believing the technology exists or something right
1: exactly exactly nobody's getting duped into some super technology that's just gonna eventually just cap someone
0: the the gift box thing all of that's too far-fetched for now yeah it's super elaborate man so what does alphonse modern alphonse do uh, I'm thinking modern Alphonse is he's a dark. He's gonna darknet, you know Over a forum or something just f- flat-out hire the same type of woman or person that did
1: what happened in the original story 100% and it's paid for with Bitcoin If drugs. anything,
0: It's probably a little more s-
1: simple now, right? I would argue it's a lot more straightforward than it used to be
0: Well, except for the gadget part. Yeah, yeah that you got that would be pretty inventive They have to come up cuz now security too. That's true. You're not getting a gift-wrapped gun With a trigger system on the subway so easily anymore, right? Right, through TSA. Or TSA, right. right. Uh Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, but to kind of give you an idea, though, there was, in the modern context, it wasn't that long ago where you could travel with a gun.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: You know, if you really think about it, like, I think, what was it? uh, Is it John Hinckley Jr. was the guy that tried to kill Ronald Reagan? So that guy, before Ronald Reagan, was trying to go after Carter, And he got caught by TSA because he had a bag full of guns. Oh. Yeah. And that was... And get this, though. It wasn't on the flight out. It was as he was coming in and actually getting his bag checked out. Basically, he had landed already at his destination. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it kind of gives you an idea, right? I mean, this was the 70s.
0: Well... Alphonse is not struggling too much, huh? No, man. You just have
1: to be a lot more blatant. He's he's post on the web This is what I want. This is the bitcoins. I'm paying. Uh Uh-huh. Tell me your info Here's my signature and it's like a knife stabbing like so conclusion
0: modern context much more savage
1: Absolutely, (laughs) totally. (laughs) Yeah,
0: a high grime level on that one.
1: Yeah, cuz it's like straight out in plain words Hey, I need to off so-and-so
0: Yep. high grime high crime
1: And, and it does pay
0: But you have to do the time. You do. Someone's got to. Well, speaking of time, it's time to finish up the first half. Getting into the second one, since we're wrapping up this time period, we are going to be talking about
1: everything we've talked about. That's right. I'm super excited. Recap these five years. Let's do it. Awesome. We'll be right back.
0: This is Evita from Flying Blind Podcast. You're listening to the 5 for 5 podcast with Panchito and Mike. Subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media. At Z-W-E-R-C Media. Did you get it? Good. Okay, everybody. We are back for the second half of the 5 for 5 podcast. And we're talking about the wrap-up for this five-year time period. Yeah, it's definitely an exciting five years. Yeah, an interesting five years, right? Uh, We found some cool stories, I think. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this one. The stories weren't uh, really what I expected we were going to find a lot of.
1: No, I actually was expecting a little bit more over the top, but I didn't quite get that. But instead, I, I did get still really comical. I don't know. For some reason, I felt
0: like I was going to find a lot more like domestic disturbance type of stuff. Oh, sure. Sure. Like when we had the story of the guy driving through the neighborhood all crazy with the kids and the baby and all of that from what was that? The 60s. Yeah. I thought we were going to see a lot more stuff like that.
1: Season one, the fast and the fatherly.
0: Yeah. Maybe some happy days type of drag racing stories or I don't know. I'm not really sure what it was going to be, but I definitely didn't feel
1: like I was reading what I expected. The Ice Cream Gang one, I felt kind of encapsulated a little bit that time-like period. It was like, yes, those kids were crazy, right? Rapscallions. Those kids were straight-up rapscallions. But nowadays, you're going to see kids doing worse things. The modern context of that episode was pretty crazy, like to try to recreate it. It just seemed a lot more sinister, if you think about it, in like a 2019 context.
0: Yeah, because they sort of would have to go through a lot more links. We said like with the... The hacking and all of that to get that exact
1: adventure accomplished, right? Right. And these kids are getting tracked by GPS, things like that.
0: Well, I think that's what made it challenging, too, is that we were trying to replicate the story because bad kids, rough kids, whatever, rapscallions, like we said. Yeah. They're up to different, no good type activities now. That's right. But you're right. Like what we saw from that story with the whiskey and the ice cream and the eggs that was almost out of a movie
1: or something a little bit yeah yeah Dennis the Menace
0: very right yeah another one that was fun was the one about the advertising
1: yeah I really enjoyed that one
0: you know there was a lot of statistics and things like that in there and when I brought in the story I thought to myself it was going to be sort of dry but when you analyze the statistics and you start to look at kind of what's coming down the pipeline that part was really interesting too I think
1: yeah, I really enjoyed the uh, um, the publisher at the time that was trying to make that advertisement. I really liked their approach to things. It was like, this is how awesome we are.
0: Showboating for the sake of building ad revenue. Yeah, I think that's more common now. Like we had talked about. Oh, absolutely. But that back then, that was pretty innovative, and he was doing it to like small business owners. We oh yeah,
1: talking. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, we are very much still in a in an era of ad revenue, right? I mean. Yeah. Think about your modern YouTube or Twitch streamer, you know, like these people, that's that's their bread and butter. Yeah. How about the bus one, though? I love the bus one.
0: The bus episode was really cool. That was an interesting story
1: because it was an absolutely bonkers story. I I really liked how the, the person who wrote the article, I felt like did at least a decent job, though, of just conveying this guy just, like, not caring. He did a good job of painting that picture, at least.
0: But not of figuring out why he did what he did. Correct. Totally. I think that was a big shortcoming on his part. Like, he didn't bother trying to figure out why this guy drove a city bus. All the way down to Florida.
1: Yeah. From New York to Florida. Across a bunch of different state lines. It was great. You know, and
0: the way he did it too, because he was sleeping. Yeah. He was sound asleep, totally enjoying his evenings at two different stops. Right. Uh, And then woke up the next morning, yawn, stretch. Ugh, let me continue on this crazy journey. Let me talk to some uh, locals. Which way are you heading? South. Right. Priceless. Yes, absolutely priceless. Priceless. And you know what you got to do when you do something like that, though, Mike, is if you've stolen a bus from the bus company in a city that you've long left behind after three day drive you should call that bus company and ask them for money
1: yeah at the uh where where did he beg for money from like at the racetrack at the racetrack man yeah what a seedy place to ask for money you know what i mean like let me go straight to the gambling place
0: but why did he do it still totally unresolved never know all we know is that his wife and kids are swell it's not their fault. And it's not their fault, no. I don't believe that for a second. Yeah, we talked about that. You you sort of kept uh, being inclined to believe that this thing was way premeditated.
1: Absolutely. there's This well is deeper than we think it is.
0: So the other episode that we covered was also about vehicles.
1: That's right. These guys were uh, honk-hating each other.
0: Right. This didn't have so much to do with traveling or anything like that. More so using vehicles as a means of communication that's right morse code morse code course morse we said course it morse that's yeah. right i'm loving it of course we
1: always have to coin new terms yes on the five for five podcast you heard it here course morse Write it down, hashtag it, use it. It's hating on somebody through Morse code with using your car horn.
0: In Halifax, Nova Scotia. Yeah. And then what does they say? In the dead of night or something like yeah, that? Yeah, the dead of night. And we didn't even know like where they got the Morse code from. Right. We didn't know why they felt so inclined to curse at each other in the middle of the night.
1: I, I Yeah, there's definitely a lot of angst that was getting out there, huh? Yes, there was. Yeah, those guys definitely had something to get off their chest, I guess.
0: Yeah, I'm not really sure what makes somebody so angry that they have to, like, enable their car to be the means for
1: spreading the hate. Like, the honk's not good enough? You have to put it in Morse code?
0: Yeah, we discussed that, right? There's different levels of honk.
1: Right, there definitely are.
0: And the American honk.
1: In America, I feel like it doesn't matter where you go, we're offended by the honk.
0: Yeah, even if it is the light one.
1: Yeah, you go to other countries, it's, like, really utilitarian. Just like, hey, you know, move to the side, or here I come you know but here it's like oh my gosh you honked at me yeah
0: like you're asking for the right away if you're anywhere outside of the u.s yeah but here and pretty much in any city any neighborhood or whatever if they just give you even the quick little light little pop beep beep yeah something like that and it's it's rude you
1: could be asking for trouble yeah
0: that's true maybe herbie the love bug was the only one that had like a nice friendly honk right
1: Yeah, it's true it was really non-threatening wasn't it Yeah.
0: Sort of roadrunner ish almost.
1: Right, right. They need to bring back the old, like, you know, 1920s style horn. You know what I mean?
0: Maybe we just got too used to like big rig horns, like big giant air horns and things like that. And then we are like, you know, we invented Bigfoot and stuff like that. Mm. So we just kind of assume that our cars
1: are aggressive things, maybe. Well, I'd like a, a like a ship horn. That'd be cool to be on my like. On my oh, car. yeah. Uh-huh. Like I'd that. Love... Long, just... yeah. yeah, exactly. I would love for that to be on my car.
0: Well, it would lull you to sleep. Mm, that's true you'd have to get a tesla that's self-driving and then you know like get some ocean sounds going on the radio or
1: something i gotta make sure i have three kids though that i'm juggling Oh,
0: yeah, without seatbelts. Yeah, as mm-hmm.
1: I blast through the, through town.
0: You know what? I bet you the bus had a pretty good horn on it.
1: Yeah, you know, those usually have quality horns. It's a city bus. That's right.
0: So it had a really good horn. If he had gone north instead of south... That was his
1: problem. He should have gone to Canada.
0: That's right, because then when he got over there, he'd be, you know, one of the most powerful people with a bus and a huge horn, it, especially if he went to Halifax.
1: Especially back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could have definitely got his point across.
0: Imagine if the kids from the whiskey story had managed to get uh, their hands on a city bus.
1: Oh my gosh, those kids would have caused a a riot.
0: What do you think they would have found in there?
1: Uh, Dead people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you mean after the fact? Yeah. I meant like when they found the whiskey in the car.
1: I don't even want to know.
0: <laughs> maybe some just chewing tobacco or something, right? Like bus drivers don't carry that much stuff. No, they don't really have the means to. The thermos? Uh, yeah, maybe a sack lunch. Yeah, that's what they would have found, The sack lunch. Yeah. Would have been better than raw
1: eggs. And ice cream. And whiskey. It would, that's brutal. Ugh. Did you ever make that shake? You know, I did. I did. And uh, it hurt going down and out nice that's a wonderful thing to share mike absolutely <laughs> uh,
0: we should wrap it up and we'll come right back with the show finale and the reveal of what our next time period is going to be sounds good this is evita from flying blind podcast you're listening to the five or five podcast with panchito and mike Okay everybody, we're ready to wrap up the show. Are you ready for this, Mike? I definitely am. It's time for an exciting reveal, that's why I'm asking. Absolutely. You know what we're gonna reveal, right? The next five year span. Yes, and we are going to be covering 1975 to 1980. Oh man, Saturday Night Fever, cocaine. Star Wars. Oil crisis, oh man. Giant cars, long hair. It was in. Lots of rock. Gold chains, soul, perms. Love it. Yeah, all of that cool stuff. This is going to be an exciting time. It should be. I think we're going to hopefully find a lot of cool stuff. I was born in that time period. I was not. This is true. I agree with that. Good. And on that wonderful note of agreement, we are going to be saying goodbye and goodbye to this time period. And we will see you for the next episode covering the first story from 1975 to 1980. Don't forget to subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media. That's Z-W-E-R-C Media. Thanks a lot for joining us today. And thank you, Mike. Thanks, Banjito. Peace out.